0: It's Joe back again with the Level Up Your Gym podcast. And today I'm joined with Sam Tooley. Sam and I go way back. Well, it feels like way back, but it's really only been about a year since Sam came up here to our community joint venture workshop that we ran. I had known Sam a little bit beforehand, but really got to know him at that workshop in in the last year during a pandemic. He's set up opening new gyms and he's regained his membership and he's done a lot of amazing things. So I thought Sam would be perfect to come on and share a few of his tips. So Sam, first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Alpha Fit Club?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, first, thank you for, thank you for having me. Awesome to be on. And uh, I'm based out of Westfield, New Jersey, which is where I grew up. Uh, it's about 15 minutes from Newark Airport, about 35 minutes outside of New York City. I'm pretty geographically challenged, so I usually just throw out those two, those two landmarkers and people nod. So um, that's where I'm at grew up here, uh, was a cross country and track and field athlete growing up and, uh, came back home after college and opened up originally what was a 500 square foot, you know, personal training facility, um, dealt with the ups and downs of, of first year of business and trying to figure out really what was what and where I was going to find my groove. Um, and eventually I recognized I was only going to make money when I was in the room and, I was down to work all hours of the day, but I just saw there kind of being a cap there. And so where I eventually pivoted to was group fitness and saw a lot of pain points in the group fitness world that didn't make me a massive fan of it as somebody who loves the intricacies of training and the principles of it and whatnot. Many of my clients were coming to me having gotten hurt in group fitness, and that's why they needed a personal trainer. And so I was like, okay, this... There's something broken here outside of my clients, but there's something broken in the system and the framework of group fitness. And so we created Alpha Fit Club by really removing those pain points and saying, okay, what's the issues? And typically it was overcrowded class sizes, underqualified trainers, and programming that just didn't really add up. And so we took that kind of sexy New York City boutique fitness vibe and then intertwined a lot of, uh, just a lot of remedies for that and kept the class sizes small, really hired trainers who had a legitimate background in it and made the programming almost like an athletic training program broken down for the everyday person where coming to the gym wasn't going to feel like a chore, but more so something that they really look forward to. And we've had, you know, fortunately a lot of initial, initial success and we've kind of just continued onward despite uh, the unfortunate setback of you know the pandemic and and all that came from it.
0: That's awesome, Sam. And I will add that Sam's all about the vibe, from his apparel. If you're watching the video, he's got sleeve like arm sleeve tattoos. <laughs> he's got everything going about the vibe. He's got he's drinking some fancy beverage that was probably about five ninety nine. What is that, Sam?
1: <laughs> uh, what is this? It's uh, it's a little bit of a focus, a little focus blend. It's a it's a functional wellness drink. So I'm a, I'm a walking, I'm a walking billboard for fancy shit that nobody really <laughs> needs to spend money on. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the New
0: York city vibe. If, if, just mm-hmm. for the listeners who are from, maybe from the Midwest, that's the vibe. A lot of expensive <laughs> stuff that you don't need. Um, that's,
1: yeah, that's accurate. But Sam
0: has earned all that expensive stuff. And like we do with these podcasts, I'm going to ask him to share a couple of tips. And I heard a couple of things in your intro about finding out how to personalize group fitness for people, how to. Uh, remove yourself as as the necessarily the the on the floor trainer so you don 't hit that law of the lid that John Maxwell calls it that you can only go as far as your leadership and abilities and capacities and get yourself open, get yourself a concept that kind of grows without you always training the sessions anymore so Sam, where do you want to start let 's take these people on a journey what's your what 's tip
1: number one so I think tip number one is establishing a, a culture. Right. And I think that's something that I've really admired from, you know, watching you from afar, from being up there with your team and whatnot. Like, again, I don't lead any of the group classes anymore. It's something that, you know, when I first started, I was leading 20 of them every single week on top of all of the other things that go into running a business. And I wasn't getting burnt out because I was so passionate about it, but my ambitions were beyond being on the floor. And, I knew that if this thing was going to grow at the rate that I needed it to grow, um, it just wasn't going to be possible with me spending so much of my time each week there and giving so much of my energy to it as well. So the reason that I was able to step away was because everyone that we brought onto the team needed to be a certain type of person. It wasn't that they needed to be an incredible group fitness instructor. They needed to just be an incredible person. And then we could teach them how to lead a great class. And that's something that now as we scale specifically is what I'm looking for. It's not that they need to have this, you know, just this amazing pedigree of of group fitness instruction. They could be the best track coach in their town. They could be um, just somebody who has such a passion for it and maybe still has maybe the background in personal training or something, you know, outside of group fitness, but they, they walk the walk. And they're the type of person that we want representing our brand within, you know, walking the streets of their town.
0: How do you measure that, Sam? How do you find that person that's going to be a culture fit?
1: I think we do a fair amount of just recon, right? From spending time with them. There's a there's a process that we have people go through that's very thorough before we actually onboard them because we have a great team. And for us to maybe potentially take work away from somebody else to give it to someone else to to grow the team I need to feel like that's that's warranted it's almost like I wouldn't say it's a gift I think that's the wrong word but it's a it's a privilege right to join our team and I know that I don't want it to come across as like pompous or elitist or anything like that it's just like people want to work right and there are pl- there are plenty of people on our team who are scratching for it um so to bring somebody on is is an opportunity and we recognize that and so they will take a class as a participant. I want to see how they work. I want to see how they work out. I want to see if they push themselves or if they quit early within a round. Um, Then they will shadow and they will just observe a class from afar, right? Or or rather up close, but just they're not really coaching yet. Then they will co-coach and they will be kind of second in command. And then they will coach and they'll have one of our current coaches kind of Um, you know, stand behind them and make sure that they're feeling comfortable and confident. So it's usually a month long plus of unpaid, kind of just paying their dues to to get onboarded. And so we're very careful about who we bring on, how we bring them on. And we want to make sure that they step onto that floor to lead a class feeling like they know the ins and outs of doing exactly that.
0: And I think you're hitting a pain point for a lot of people who start kind of that garage gym space like both of us grew up in. And they go to fire hire their first trainer and they get someone that has kind of the pedigree of a trainer they know how to do sets and reps and then the owner walks out of the room and then it's like well all the members asked for getting me back or this person's not doing a great job and it's it's more of a system that's what i think i'm hearing from you sam
1: and it's hard i've I've made that mistake right where i found somebody who was considered to be a rock star too like they knew exactly what they were doing but did they fit within the framework that we were trying to create or was it their show? Right. And if, unless someone is willing to maybe even check their ego at the door and understand the systems that we've put in place and how we operate and why we do what we do, you know, everything has been put together with purpose and intention behind it. And so I think a lot of times that's, that's actually tough for trainers who have been around the block a long time. I know that I, Quite frankly, I would probably struggle with that myself, but we've gotten a lot of good young bucks who are hungry to work and are willing to be maybe molded and taught um, before thinking they know everything under the sun.
0: And maybe it's just a coincidence, but I've certainly experienced the same thing over the last 12 years. Our best trainers have always, we've been their first or second jobs. They might've had an internship or a short one before us. They come in very moldable. And we have our onboarding process and we have our core values and we meet with them every 90 days and we see what they want to accomplish and we help make sure they get there. And I think they appreciate it a little bit more than coming in with a perhaps like a commercial gym personal trainer where they're used to one-on-ones. They get the sets and reps to a very high level and not to knock that, they just don't get the flow and culture of like a group fitness place that's trying to expand. So the first tip is right on the money. I think culture through A very talented staff, and if you are a gym owner that wants to get some freedom, you absolutely need to do that. That's that's really the only way to do it, no doubt. Sam,
1: tip tip number two. Tip number two, I would say, and I know that there's some fancy um, like coined term for this, right? But it's it's good is better than perfect, or something like that, where it's just like when something's when you feel like it's good enough to just try it, right? Don't wait for something to feel perfect. And I think.
0: This isn't the right phrase for it, but in the podcast I have shared before, like the old Steve Jobs saying "Who he ripped it off of an artist, like a real artist ship. Like you can make something beautiful, but unless you ship it out, it, people aren't going to get it. You're not going to get the response you want. So you have, to, you have to understand what Sam's talking about with what can be good and then ship it out and then make some things that are amazing, like the, the culture But if you try to get like your equipment set up perfect, you spend two weeks on it or your logo perfect and you spend a month on it, you'll never actually ship your product and you'll never be able to help anyone.
1: Sam, cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's spot on. And I think for me, we have a big team, right? From an ownership perspective, I'm one of many cooks in the kitchen and I am the majority owner. I'm I'm the operating partner, if you will. But there's a lot of opinions and sometimes we have to take a step back and I, quite frankly, and they will admit this, that I have to remind the team that we just need to press play and go sometimes and figure it out. Because I trust us, I trust myself, I trust our team of, of, of trainers and our operations managers to take a step back every single day and say, what can we do better tomorrow to perfect the system? Because we're not going to know until we try. And I think sometimes you can get so caught up with feeling like it just needs to be spot on from the gun that you don't end up you know taking the necessary steps to see it see it into fruition
0: yeah there, there's a lot to unpack there and i've had a lot of products that i haven't shipped on this podcast was almost one of them like you, you see me i've got a two-month head start on no shade of november because due to my <laughs> genetics can't even grow some facial hair i've been getting get a running start at it for the first year i can't year. grow
1: my face i'm still waiting i'm 28 so <laughs> Not, <laughs>
0: right around 35 and then uh you know we're not in the i have two podcast studios at two of our locations but there's sessions going on right now so i'm, I'm just you got to ship it you got to get it done and there's a good book on this um power of moments by chip and dan heath i don't know if you've read this one sam but they they highlight that you can really focus on making one part of your process amazing and the rest of it you just need to keep yourself in the game and that'll actually help people remember you more so maybe it's your onboarding maybe it's your culture Maybe it's how you greet them. But if you, if you give them like a standard good process, everything kind of blends together. If you give them a standard bad process, everything blends together. But what you do is you take one thing and that's where you focus your energy to make a, a difference maker. But you still have to ship on everything else and keep yourself in the game.
1: And we have a meeting every single Monday. Called, literally, I've just called it like the get better meeting. And we take inventory of what needs to happen. Like what's the pain points right now in the business? And let's just act. improving them this week. And then I look back at the, you know, the first thing I do on Sundays before I prepare for that Monday meeting is I look back at the to-do list that we set out for ourselves. And if something's still, if I can't still cross that off, like Joe can see behind me, I've got highlighters, post-it notes, pens, like a whiteboard, the size of my wall. Like I am very task and list oriented. And if I can't fully cross something off, then it's there and we'll revisit it first thing before we move on to new problems, uh, just to make sure that we're actually checking things off.
0: Feels so good to cross something off a list. The best. I don't the know, best. You, I, you
1: could use less marker just to erase it. It feels and better to cross it off. I used to do, I used to do post-it notes on the whiteboard itself. So the whiteboard was just a sticky note hub. And I would, I would crunk, I would crumple up the sticky note and I would just throw it in the trash. And I was like, yes, I was like, this is justice. Yes. (laughs) I love that. All right, Sam, what's next? So I think number three, at least I'm going to use something that um, has been really paramount for us during the pandemic specifically when we were, you know, I guess you could say away from our members for an extended period of time. And it was just to stay engaged with them as best we could, like whatever that looked like, whether it was IGTV workouts, Zoom workouts, um, a weekly newsletter, staying on top of social media. And quite frankly, a lot of it stemmed from just being open and honest with them in terms of where we were at and the struggles we were facing and how much we were thinking about them. People people recognize when you care i think it's just very um it's just very evident if you really care it's very evident to people um it's one of those things where i always relate it to friendships right if, they're, if you're a friend and you are you know and you reach out every week checking on your buddy or whatever but they never check in with you it's one of those things where eventually you're going to be like does this does this person even like really care right and so if your members are constantly like reaching out, saying, Hey, what's going on? Like, what, you know, what's this, what, what can I do to help? And you're not reaching out to them or keeping them in the loop. Then it's like, eventually they're going to just lose interest and move on, you know? So we, we really tried to communicate during the shutdown as best we could um, and do everything under, you know, under our control to stay front of mind with them. Sam, what are your two most popular pathways to engage with your members? So, we have a certain demographic for our for our gym that most people are on social media daily, right? And specifically Instagram. It's just where um, we could put up a, an Instagram story about a class getting canceled, and I I feel like seventy five percent of the gym would know. No problem. Uh, so we hit them with uh, a lot of social media updates. We try to show our personality through social as well. We used to even do like skits and stuff like that, and try and be funny. And I say try to be funny because. I look back now and I'm like, I can't believe we really posted that. It's usually Um, the funny part though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, something we've started utilizing too is a text message platform. Um, I just find that emails get bogged down like crazy. I know at least for me too, it's much easier to skip over an email than it is a text. Um, And so we utilize a platform called uh, Zingle and you can send out automated messages and things like that, or just messages in bulk to specific uh, membership categories and things like that. So that's been an amazing addition in terms of uh, outreach and communication with the members.
0: That's awesome, Sam. I always like to ask those tactical questions so people listening can leave with something that they can do right now, which is find that path where your demographic, I think Sam hit that on the head, where it's his demographic is more on Instagram. Sam has 2 billion Instagram followers himself. (laughs) Very famous guy. We're very fortunate (laughs) to have him, very famous. And uh, that's the path that speaks to his members. My members are still in that kind of, they're in the Facebook world. So we do our private members page a lot. Um, I like the text as well, like Sam said. So choosing these pathways and whatever you choose with, be consistent with it. So you're not jumping all over. And uh, with that consistency, you can build engagement make them feel cared
1: about. And those think, skits
0: I, and those culture you, things.
1: Go ahead. Now, one of the things that, um, one of my business partners who owns a salad shop a couple salad shops all over the state. He owns a couple uh, smoothie shops all over the state. Like just a mentor to me. He's been in the game a bit longer. And he always talks about if you say you're going to do something in terms of like what you say to the members and things, you have to absolutely follow through and do it. There's nothing worse than that lack of follow through. And so even in terms of communication, we've said, you know, we're going to send you a weekly text with our update. If a week goes by and we don't do it. Okay. Like, you know, I don't like that to happen, but if it happens, okay. But if it's consistent where they can't rely on what you said you were going to do, then, you know, your word starts to mean nothing to them and they don't, they'll, they'll start to look elsewhere for that information that they want.
0: On that point, I love setting expectations and meeting them. There's a, there's a popular saying in marketing, like you have to exceed expectations. Well, then you just didn't set them right. If you're always exceeding them, you need to set them and meet them and give them some consistency first. And you can wow them every once in a while with a, hilarious sam skit on the instagram <laughs> but i'll go as specific as when they sign up and we get their their contracts say i'm gonna have this in your inbox by 6 p.m tonight and they like look surprised like i gave an exact time because i didn't say i'm gonna have this to you sometime like check your email in a couple of days it'll be there and i make sure i meet that very first expectation and that's so important to set them and meet them
1: for sure no and that's i mean i'll take that one with me too i like that little nugget because uh i do i think a lot of a lot of businesses, and it's not really to, to downplay anybody, but a lot are lax laxadaisical when it comes to that follow through. And I always find it when you can like, wow, somebody with just doing what you say you're going to do, right? <laughs> it's almost like, and it's funny too. And this is something that I'm having to learn. And I'd be curious if, if it's something that you struggled with. But for me, now I'm leading a bigger team, right? And I'm leading a team that needs to be led way differently than I would need to be led. So I'm somebody who can put their head down, do the work. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need a congratulations. All I need is to know that I did it and I'm good. Right. Other people, and this is not a knock against my team, but it's just people in general seem to need a, Hey, great job, man. When they just did what was expected. Right. And I struggle with that as a leader because I'm like, well, why, why am I, why am I saying good job, man? You just did what you were supposed to do. Like, good job. Yeah. Good job. Um, so it's just, it's just, I relate those two where it's the, it's the smallest little things that can blow away people's expectations when in reality it should just be how it is.
0: Definitely struggle with it at the beginning because I, when you start your own business, you have a different entrepreneur mindset. It took a while to say, all right, well, there's a different mindset that a lot of employees have and that's, good because they could be great employees but not great entrepreneurs and you want them to be able to come in deliver a great service and then kind of check out go home and on with their life and that's kind of the mindset they have and to create like a a process of recognizing them can be challenging because you just want to keep pushing forward and you want to hit these new expectations because you have that entrepreneur leader mindset so understanding that's been a bit of a challenge we've really focused hard on celebrating when they meet our core values so we have five core values and every week they have an opportunity to shout out a different staff member for meeting or exceeding a core value of our company and that's kind of how we have that so they get kind of that that feedback every 90 days they'll sit down with our, our trainer mentor it's not me anymore one of our guys brian does a great job with it and uh he gives them the feedback and evaluations but it, it is a balancing act up front like yeah. you hire that first person you're like all right this is just gonna be another version of me and <laughs> it's not gonna be like that
1: yeah I've got some, I mean, listen, again, I'm so fortunate that we have this nucleus now that we can, you know, provide as much work as they possibly want with two more locations coming and and whatnot. Um, And those are the type of guys like Brian for you that I'll I'll rely on to start to kind of, you know, really create the mold of what we're looking for and how we, how we walk that walk. Um, But it's a challenge, man, no doubt. I think the hardest part for me as we grow is managing so many personalities that are different than mine. So we're going to wrap it up now. We have
0: three things you <laughs> gave for four us. Hours on this. I know we could. We could. I <laughs> you and I will probably talk again shortly off, off of this. Yeah. I'd love to love to stay more in touch than than every few months, but you've gave some great tips today. Building culture through your through having a great staff. Having that mindset of you got to jump, you got to have that ready fire aim mindset where you just sometimes you have to ship your product and get get it in. We call it minimal viable product. You have to get something that's acceptable to test it. And then you go after it once the test proves it. And the third one's keeping engaged and you gave some good tactics on on that. So I'm going to finish with an unprepared question for you. So those I said, hey, our podcast, I like to give three mm-hmm. things. You came ready. Here's my question for Sam. You've been a big culture and big kind of that New York City boutique vibe, like you said. When you first started, you came out swinging at the big guys. You're trying to take on Orange Theory. You're trying to you, you came in with a chip on your shoulder, and you are exceeding expectations in such a short period of time. What made you so confident to be able to launch your product when you just came out of a garage gym? You started Alpha Fit Club. Now all of a sudden, you have two. Now you're now you're just seeing the progress. What kind of gives you that confidence, Sam?
1: Um, it's a great question, and it is unprepared, but it's. It really is just a belief in myself to figure it out as I go. So I think I've come to understand that I'm never going to have it. I'm never going to know for certain that something's going to work, but I am I have a very um, strong ability to not beat myself up over a mistake. Or, you know, I just, if something doesn't work, okay, now what? Okay, now what? Right. And it because it's so new to me, be, you know, it really is like group fitness, this fitness in general, right? Being a business owner is so new to me. I, I just am. am. One of those things where it's, it's hard to say, because I, I have doubts all the time, too. I think that's a great, you know, it's a great truth seeker of a question, too, because I have doubts all the time, right? Like, does this make sense? Is this right? Um, I just believe in myself and my gut to do the next right thing. And again, at the end of the day, like I'll lie down in the, in the road and let, you know, it's, I will always think of the team first, the culture first, the community first and myself last, like it just is how I am. And so if I continue to make the next right decision for our team, for the business and all of that, like we've it only good things will happen. Um, and so I definitely think you are, you are spot on in terms of, of coming out the gate hot. And I've learned a lot of like hard truths along the way of, of how difficult that's gonna be. But that said, I've continued to bet on myself and our team and we've continued to um, continue to grow. And so I'm gonna keep pushing that, pushing that boundary to make that happen. I think we all enter this,
0: this industry with a lot of passion and many people get knocked off by their first problem or two or three. And it's almost like you don't want to tell them the problems are coming because you want that passion and confidence to lead them into it and get them strong enough to be able to to roll the punches, like you said, and figure it out and have that gut feeling and instinct and just being a durable business owner. And that requires a little bit of self-confidence. And Sam, I'm going to wrap it up and then I'm going to pause the video so then you and I can chat for a minute. Mm -hmm. But I do want to give people an avenue where they can learn more from you. I know you have a podcast. I was listening to it off your Facebook and I was like, you know, I got to touch base with my boy Sam and get him on mine Mm -hmm. called The Pursuit. Can you tell us about that for a minute?
1: Yeah, so The Pursuit podcast is new. We've recorded uh, just four episodes. We record once a week, Sunday nights, five o'clock. It's me and my buddy, Joe Rinaldi, who I went to high school with. And he is somebody that I have admired massively over the last few years, just carries himself in a certain type of way where you instantly respect him. And he's a younger guy than myself. Um, He's 26, 27, uh, but just operates at a a different level and is super committed. So I admired him for a long time. I said, let's let's work together in some capacity and uh, just share a mindset. And so what we're trying to do is to bring on guests who share that mindset of just trying to get better, um, trying to better the people around them, and giving you know tangible tactics or just a, a maybe a perspective shift to help the listener do exactly that. And where do they find that, Sam? So that you can find that in iTunes, Spotify, you name it, any kind of major uh, podcast. Big time. Anywhere that's big
0: time, you'll find Sam. (laughs) Sam, sit tight, but thank you so much for joining us on the Level Up Your Gym podcast. On to the next episode.